Hello, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson. Join me on A Hateful Homicide, a true crime podcast dedicated to telling the stories regarding the murders of transgender, gender non-binary, and gender diverse community members in the United States and abroad. This is A Hateful Homicide. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. A transgender woman has been shot and killed in North Baltimore, Alpha. In the U.S., trans women of color have a life expectancy of just 35 years. This happens on a daily. Another one of my friends got killed right up the street from here. These cases are true. The victims are real and their voices matter. This is A Hateful Homicide. The murder of Stacy Blodnick. This is for you, Mama. Monday, October 11th, 2010. Southside, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Warning. The following episode you're about to experience might contain evidence of misgendering. Discretion is advised. I just want to give a shout out to Stacy's family. My heart goes out to you all. Um, Stacy Karan Blonick was a girlfriend of mine. I just recently came home from work. This touches me because I just had a birthday Saturday. I've reached a new age, you know, a new genre of my life and then I turn around and I hear one of my girlfriends was brutally murdered basically in her home. Monday night Stacy Karan was basically found with a pillowcase over top of her head strangled to death. Um, when I read the report I was very very frustrated at the fact that they stream man found dead in South Philly row home in Point Breeze section. First of all it's one thing to have respect for another but it's another thing the woman ain't even been dead more than 24 hours completely, and they write in reports of her being a man. And if anyone knew Stacy, you would know that Stacy was very much a woman. Um, I just want to say to my sisters, you know, girls, we have to do better. We're not a living breed. We're actually a dying species. Um, nowadays, you can't trust guys, and I'm not putting this out to bash the men. But the men that date transgendered women nowadays are basically using them as a facade, a fetish, some type of allegation to get off their sexual rocks. And they don't even deal with these women on a level of respecting them, having any type of dignity for them. So my sisters, I just want to say to you girls, watch who you have in your home. Watch who you deal with. Protect your home. Protect yourself. Hold pride in who you are. Being who you are is not a curse. It's not an evil. It's not any of those things that society wants you to believe. Embrace in yourself. Love yourself. Because no one is going to love you like you love yourself. Giving everything you got to the world to get nothing in return, in the end, you will only end up dead. My heart goes out to Stacy, her friends, her loved ones. I'm so sorry. I am so, so sorry that this happened the way that it happened. You know, this girl was a beautiful girl. She was one of Philly's legendary girls. You can see her out on the scene. You can see her performing. I mean, 
Stacey basically paved the way for a lot of girls. And I must say, she was a nice person. She was a beautiful person. And I liked, I liked the fact that I was able to call her a sister of mine. Once again, my girls, it's not that serious to die over a piece of trade, a smut, a piece of dick, a piece of meat. There's too much out here in the world. Nowadays, as I said prior, we are a dying species. If we don't unify and stick together, then therefore, we're going to fall apart and die as individuals. So protect yourself. Watch your sisters. You know, I know a lot of times younger girls don't want to hear what a lot of older girls have to say because they know it all and life is just the way it is nowadays and you live back then and we're living now. But times are no more different, honey. You know, there's always a wolf in sheep clothing more than what you can see. So watch yourself. Watch who you deal with. Watch who you have around you. And once again, my heart goes out to Stacy's mother, Stacy's brothers, Stacy's friends, Stacy's lovers, whoever you know what I'm saying, was in Stacy's life. I just want to say, may she rest in peace and she's in a better place now. But to all my sisters, once again, take care of yourself. It's a dangerous world out there. And Stacy, I know you're watching over top of us now, and I know you're protecting a lot of people. And I'm sorry that things happen the way that they happen. But God is with you now. And I love you. And may you rest in peace. It's Monday, October 11th, 2010, in the city of Southside, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It would be the home where 31-year-old black transgender female, Stacy Lee Karan Blahnik would reside. And when she was discovered, murdered in her apartment home of the 1800 block of Menton Street, by her boyfriend, 28-year-old black cisgendered man, Malik Moore. It will leave the city of Philadelphia fighting for justice for the next decade to come. Welcome my audience to season five, episode six, The Murder of Stacey Lee Blahnik. This is for you, mama. This case involves attraction, beauty, ballroom scene, Stacy, also known as Mother Stacy, legendary, iconic beauty, inside and out, described as nice and unforgettable. She was met with a hateful homicide on that Monday of October 11, 2010. Malik Moore, her partner of more than five years, he gets off work from his construction company when he enters the home on Manton Street. And what he discovers shook him to his whore. He screeches. He could feel it in his core, this horror of pain and agony of seeing the woman that he has loved for half a decade on their bedroom floor with a pillowcase wrapped around her head. She was lifeless and no more. He calls 911 and crime scene investigators and Captain James Clark enters the scene. Welcome my audience. Again, it's important for us to understand why it is important to discuss the hateful homicide of Mother Stacy. Her hateful homicide, which has been now more than 13 years later, still remains unsolved. 
But that does not mean that Captain James Clark, her partner Malik Moore, her mother, her father, her brothers, good friend, Miss China White, house family member, Randy Blotnick, friends Robert and Roger Graves, they all say her name. When our beautiful and beloved mother, Stacy Lee Blonick, was discovered dead around 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Malik Moore, again, was just arriving home. He typically expected his loved one, his love bug, the woman that he considers to be his future wife, to be preparing dinner, some smothered cabbage, potatoes, steak. Malik enters the home and discovers that there's no food cooking. The home smells of beautiful feminine aroma, but no home-cooked meal. Baffled, as he had not been able to reach Stacy for several hours, which was unlike her to do, as they were a very communicative couple, he didn't think much of it. You know, as she is a busy bee, she has things that happens unexpectedly. But still, they had this routine of her being home and they sharing a family meal. So he knew when he entered that door in 1825 Manson Street that he would find his beloved, the woman that he loved, making dinner so they could talk about their day well he doesn't find her he calls out Stacy where are you honey are you home I'm home he makes his way through the living room he drops his items off on the couch and then he notices that the door is closed now because it's just the two of them who shares the home it's unlike Stacy to have the door closed he goes in, still calling for her, hoping that she would respond. Maybe she's taking a shower. She doesn't hear him, he believes. But he opens the door and finds his beautiful girlfriend of five years, 31-year-old Stacy Lee Blonick, this beautiful black transgender woman, house mother, she has a pillowcase wrapped around her head. Malik screeches out in horror, shocked. He couldn't believe that this is his reality, what he's seen in front of him, what he's experiencing right before him. Cannot be his lover, his wife, his confidant. His rider dies, he describes her. Mother Stacy, house mother. He snaps into reality and realizes that it's true. Stacy is laying here unconscious, but maybe she's not dead. He calls 911. And again, Detective James Clark and his crime scene investigators enters the home on 1825 Manton Street in Southside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's just around 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They notice a horrific scene, a bedroom 
that has been disheveled, a pillowcase smeared with makeup, evidence of some blood trauma and smears patterned throughout the pillowcase as it replicates Stacy's face of her attempting to get from out of the pillowcase. Crime scene investigators, as well as paramedics, try to provide resuscitative means. But unfortunately, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on that Monday, October 11th, 2010, Mother Stacy Blotnick was met with a hateful homicide. Malik, still in shock, speaks to the Captain James Clark. While at the same time, one of the crime scene investigators, Officer Amanda Reed, she calls the Blonick family, both chosen and family that she has known all her life. They inform the Blodnick family members that their daughter, their sister, their friend has been met with a hateful homicide. Malik has now already made a positive identification to Captain James Clark and Officer Amanda Weed. He lets them know that this is Stacy, the beautiful 31-year-old black transgender woman, house mother, stylist, cosmetologist, friend and socialite. Her family is beside themselves. Though there have been ups and downs, like some of us have in our family dynamics and diasporas, Stacy too had that. But where she really honed in closely and mostly was the loved ones in her Blahnik family, the ballroom voguing scene. And from 2000 to 2010, from the time she was 21, Stacy embraced her truth as a community member of the ballroom scene. And as we've learned with the hateful homicide of Venus Extravaganza, we know the ballroom scene is very pivotal for some of us. It's a safe space, a space where we can be ourselves, express ourselves proudly and not be judged. And Stacy felt that in the beautiful city of brotherly love known as Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. But before we get further into the case, my audience, let's take a moment and learn a little bit about the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Philadelphia is located in the northeast of the United States, in between New York and Washington, D.C. The Pennsylvanian city is home to over one and a half million people and is the nation's fifth largest city. Philadelphia is considered to be the birthplace of the United States. It was here that the nation's Declaration of Independence from Britain was first read publicly back in 1776. The tolling of a 2,000-pound bell marked the occasion. The bell has since become a symbol of freedom and can be admired in the Liberty Bell Center. Philadelphia is also the birthplace of the Constitution, which was debated 11 years later across the road in the State House, which is now the Independence Hall. America's founding fathers walked these old city streets.
Gardens and the many heritage buildings in this area are preserved as part of the Independence National Historical Park. While you're at the National Constitution Center, take in the rollicking story Prohibition in the Roaring Twenties. Protest against the anti-liquor law was fierce, and the many arrests threw the justice system off balance. Perhaps the most infamous bootlegging gangster was Al Scarface Capone, who spent his first prison sentence in the Eastern State Penitentiary in 1929. The notorious mob leader seems to have made himself well at home. Take an audio tour to hear gripping stories that bring the world-famous jail back to life. To hear more voices from the city's past, head to the African American Museum. Its audiovisual projections and artifact collection are aimed at preserving the heritage of African Americans. Within Washington Square lies the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier of the American Revolution. Welcome back, my audience. And there's so much to do in the beautiful city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And that is the home where mother Stacy Lee Karan Blahnik resided. This is for you, Mama, the beautiful 31-year-old black transgender woman who was found strangled to death in her apartment bedroom, laid out on her floor with a pillowcase wrapped around her head, lifeless, declared dead at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at her home of more than two years with her partner for more than five years at the 1825 Manton Street location. Her family arrives over to the apartment and they ask questions to Malik, to her other family members who have arrived. What happened? Who could have done this? Detective um, Amanda Reed, as well as Captain James Clark, both had questions for Malik and neighbors. They all come down to the Philadelphia Police Department, the PPD. They ask questions such as, what was Stacy's day like? Who was she last seen with? Does she have any enemies? Again, she is a house mother. The ballroom scene can sometimes be competitive. Could this have been a rival house? Could this have been a former lover spurned? Regretting the fact that he and Stacy are no longer together? Or even she and or they and Stacy are no longer together? And the fact that she's with Malik and if they couldn't have Stacy, no one could. All of these possibilities were circulating. Captain James Clark brings Malik Moore, the 28 black cisgendered man, her lover, her friend, her ride or die as well for five years. He takes them back into the early part of Monday, October 11th. Stacy went to go get some cosmetic supplies. She was getting ready for an upcoming ball. She was preparing her house family to look their best, be their best, and feel their best. They were also um, preparing for a family dinner, which is something that they did on Mondays. Stacy went to the market. She came home. And the last thing he remembered was when he spoke to her was that she was putting those items away. He hadn't heard from her since around 2 p.m., but he thought maybe she was just cooking. She was looking into some courses 
to take in mid-semester, so he thought maybe she just got a little distracted. And when he entered their home at 1825 Manton Street in Southside Philadelphia, again, he makes his way through the living room, notices that there's no food on the stove, no aroma of anything being cooked or prepared, sees the door closed, he opens it and he discovers his ride or die house mother Stacy Blonnet lifeless, unconscious covered with a pillowcase he states that he knew in his heart of hearts that something was off that Stacy had not texted him back he knew that was unlike her, but he wanted to believe that she just got busy. Never believing that the woman that he has spent most of his 20s with is now met with a hateful homicide. Some family members and loved ones did speculate that maybe Malik could too be a potential person of interest. The couple had been together for five years. Were there some ups and downs, some highs and lows? Who knows, right, what happens behind closed doors? Neighbors said that the couple seemed to get along. They were described as friendly and outgoing, energetic. They were always doing things together. Could hear them laughing. But some neighbors did hear bickering, disagreements about finances, betterment of oneself, getting out of Southside Philly, right? What is next for us as a couple? Are we growing together? Those types of conversations and disagreements and even misunderstandings. But something to that nature did not compare to Malik strangling his girlfriend to death. Malik's alibi checked out with his job. He was at work. He did not leave his job to come home and commit the hateful homicide of Stacy. Her family was put at ease as they didn't want to believe that her man, her ride or die, could ever do something like that. And they were right. He did not. But at the same time, there was still this question of who did commit the hateful homicide of mother Stacy Lee Blotnick, this beautiful 31-year-old black transgender woman found strangled to death in her apartment on her bedroom floor on that Monday, October 11, 2010. She was looking forward to Halloween, an upcoming party, an event, so much to look forward to. And all of a sudden, it snuffed out. Malik Moore was at the police station, the Philadelphia Police Department, for about five hours, repeating and reiterating what he had already shared with them going through his 911 call, doing some forensic analysis such as fingerprints, DNA, especially for as the crime scene investigators were taking fingerprints from the, the pillowcase. Was there something there? There was some evidence of fingerprints and Officer Amanda Reed encouraged the crime scene investigators to take all of that down to the forensics lab and run it immediately. As the hateful homicide of Mother Stacey Lee Blonick 
was announced, she was met with misgendering. As you heard from her beautiful friend and sister, Monet, she was misgendered, misrepresented, blamed, dead named. Far too often, this is what we encounter. It's our fault. But why this is important for us, my audience, to really understand that Stacy was someone's daughter, someone's sister, someone's friend. She was born in 1979. And when she grew up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, she was always outspoken, standing at about five foot eight. You can tell the beauty anything. She was determined to be the best that she could be, getting out of her West Philadelphia roots, making her way over to the South Side. Around the year of 1997, Stacy at that time had just turned 18. She had made her way through high school and began her gender journey boldly and proudly. She befriends Randy Greco, now known as Randy Blodnick. The two become instant siblings. And for the next 13 years, celebrate a siblingship like no other. The two connected and resonated around the fact that they were queer and trans people of color, but also had this outlet, this passion for dancing and voguing and, and, and embodying this vivaciousness that you see in a lot of our ballroom communities. It's part of the culture to strut your stuff. The two bonded over that. And as a result of this bond, the two decided to create a ballroom house. They had been snatching trophies since the late 90s. And by 2001, around the same year as the hateful homicide of uh, Malia Tabon in Philadelphia as well, they created the House of Blahnik. The House of Blahnik was a space to elevate beautiful black trans women beautiful brown trans women, beautiful indigenous trans women, two-spirit experienced community members. After the hateful homicide of Malia Tepone in 2001, Stacy and Randy all knew it was important to make sure that not only when they snatched these trophies, but they also gave back to the community. The House of Blahnik was known for its philanthropy, and willingness to share and care. They bonded with so many other houses. And within the next 13 years, Stacy became a household name. The Blahnik family rose to fame and prominence due to their kindness, philanthropy, and willingness to be transparent. Their ability to navigate most adversities and obstacles made them a huge triumph in the South Side area of Philadelphia. I wanna take a moment, my audience, and hear from some of her beloved loved ones, children, family members who remember Mother Stacy. It's so important to make sure that we remember the beautiful being that Mother Stacy still represents even to this day. She began her journey 26 years ago. And within 13 years of that journey, she was met with a hateful homicide. But it's been 13 years later, 
and we still say her name as well as to her lovely family. We are here in the 1800 block of Manfred Street, South Philadelphia, where Stacey Bonnie was murdered. Today, we will be interviewing her closest friends and family. she knew anything about Philly. <laughs> we were actually we were actually each other's first boyfriends. But we decided to come to Philly together and transition together. It was about 97, 98. Well, she was my mother, my gay mother. Oh, a person that was really, really, really close to me, you know, at the time, you know, for the, um, when I met her, it was about, what, 2004, but we didn't become friends, like real close friends and stuff until about like 2006. Like, like every other gay mother, she was there, you know? We all love each other, but something But prior to that, Stacey would watch me for years. She would watch me for years prior to that. Um, she just called me mom. One day she would just call me mom. You just want to visit Yeah, just visit What were you all about? I break up with people.
was my first yes. I mean, a lot of people don't know the whole inside of their relationship, but me, Chad, and Randy, and a few other people were there for a lot of it. Um, there was a lot of arguing, fighting. They, they loved each other, but it was a domestic violence and the, the relationship was gay at times. Um, he was my number one suspect. Um, Faithy was on the floor and she was like, y'all, you know, if anything ever happened to me, you know, foul play and stuff, Malik got something to do with it. Malik loved me to death. We were in Virginia. And this is after Stacey passed away. And I was on one. So my emotions were like, no going. And I said to me, if you didn't kill her physically, and I believe that I stand by you. He, you know, like, he, he, he proved to himself, like, no, I did not do this and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, I did not, you know what I mean? And he was letting us know, like, I did not have nothing to do with this. He really, like, you know what I mean? I can't smile since I'm like, he ain't got nothing to do with this. He ain't, you know what I mean? He ain't hurt that girl and stuff, you know what I mean? And, you know, and I bonded with him, you know what I mean? I even apologized to him and stuff, you know? We had stopped talking for a minute after Cece's, um, you know, and I really don't blame Malik. Um, I could just imagine the hurt he was going through. Um, and just for us to be pointing a finger at him. Still today, Malik goes through this. You understand? And I just want to say, like, if he is watching this, I again apologize to him.
house mother. I'm not a house mother. I'm just a mother. I'm a mom. She called me mom. Yeah. And as far as my husband, I don't know. It's, it's different for different people. Some people just take ballroom and it's just ballroom. But for me and my family, it was a, a family. And anybody can attest to that. I just think that for the LGBT community, we all need to get together and keep our foots on their neck at City Hall, keep our foots on those cops' necks, because until we show that we demand respect, they're going to continue to disrespect us. They're going to continue to do the shit that they're doing now. We don't beg each other enough. If we get out there and do what we're supposed to be doing and say what we're Welcome back, my audience. As you could experience just then and witness, <clears throat> there have been quite a few loved ones who are still missing Stacy and remembering her and saying her name, especially her best friend, China White. As you experienced, you didn't see one without the other. They dressed as twins. 
Stacy was loved. She had a family. She had friends. She had a partner. She was a house mother. There has been some debate as to if the House of Blonnick could have, would have, and should have done more to uplift and save Stacy's name. While there has been debate between the members on who has and who has not uplifted Stacy since her hateful homicide on that Monday, October 11th, 2010, in the 1800 block of Manton Street, the beautiful, beautiful house mother was found strangled to death inside of her bedroom. Her life no more. Known as kind, compassionate, and lovable, Stacy has so much more to do. She was looking forward to preparing for a Halloween party. She was looking forward to Thanksgiving with her family. Captain James Clark reaches back out to the crime scene investigators within the next week. It's about October 11th of 2010, a week after the hateful homicide of Stacey Blodnick. The results come in and the fingerprints prove to be unuseful. They do not yield any forensic evidence in determining who committed the hateful homicide of Stacey. The only fingerprints that were on the pillowcase was Stacy's and Malik's. And since Malik had an alibi, and Stacy certainly did not put the pillowcase around her own head, the perpetrator, the suspect, the murderer, wore gloves to conceal all forensic evidence. Stacy was described as wearing comfy attire, no makeup, had her hair in a ponytail. Captain James Clark believes, and he released a press statement stating that most likely she knew her killer. Malik Moore, her partner of five years, stated the same. She had to know who this person was. Was it someone from the house of Blondneck? Was it someone from another rival house? Was it another potential lover who was interested and jilted by the beauty? Captain James Clark and Officer Amanda Reed continued to ask questions in Canvas, the Manton Street area. There was some, some surveillance footage that showed a black sedan leaving the apartment complex around 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It was seen leaving abruptly, but the footage was grainy and they weren't able to make out the license plate. Could that have been the perpetrator? Was it someone else who was there? Maybe a witness? It's so important now, 13 years later, after the hateful homicide of mother Stacy Lee Karan Blahnik, we continue to say her name. You can hear, you can understand and experience the love that the community had for Mother. This beautiful 31-year-old black transgender woman who was looking forward to more gender-affirming procedures and so much more. A wedding to Malik. Maybe even starting a family someday. 
passing down the torch from one mother to a next. Her own mother, who you could hear in the other audio, Candy Lee, her house mother, spoke about this mother's intuition of knowing that when she too, like China, had not heard from Stacy all day, as well as Blake had not heard from Stacy after that noon, something was not right. And by 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, their worst fears, the unimaginable, was confirmed. Stacy had been met with a hateful homicide. But as you can hear her family say, this is for you, mama. They speak and say her name. This is for you, mama, because we know that your voice has been silenced for no reason other than being your beautiful self. And like the state of Pennsylvania and the city of Philadelphia, we all love you, Mother Stacy Blatnick. We thank you for your contributions in uplifting our beautiful black and brown trans women, not just in the ballroom scene, but beyond. Always showing kindness, being nice, being yourself, cooking, doing people's hair, teaching them how to dance. We see you. We honor you, Mother. Let's take a moment, my audience, as we prepare to conclude this case on a little bit about how Mother Stacy could get down in the ballroom scene. And as you could experience my audience and witness, this was the rival between Mother Stacy Blonick versus Angel Revlon. And both families in this 2007 footage, both for echoing the names of Blonick and Revlon. Stacy would go on and receive tens and win that trophy for the House of Blonick. But Angel Revlon spoke how that competition was fierce like no other. And even community members still to this day almost 18 years later, can remember that iconic competition between two sisters from different houses. We remember you, Mother Stacy Lee Karan Blonick, born 1979 and resting on since Monday, October 11th, 
2010. We remember you yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever, and always. Thank you so much, my audience, for tuning in to Season 5, Episode 6, The Murder of Stacey Blonick. This is for you, Mama. Please continue to show your support by tuning in to our YouTube channel and subscribing. You can also follow us at A Hateful Homicide on X and Instagram and like us on Facebook. And if you're even interested, you can follow me and like me on Facebook and Instagram at MalloryGenna90. Thank you all so much for tuning in and we will be coming back next Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Season 5, Episode 7, The Murder of Chanel Pickett, The Talk Show Murder. Thank you again and again. Until next time, take care of yourselves and we remember you next, Benedict, born 2008 and resting on since February 8th of 2024. Age 16, non-binary community member, Thank you. Thank you, my audience. Bye-bye.